Shift is brought to you by DuPont. We provide plastic and adhesive solutions to keep driving EVs forward. Collaboration is essential to success. For battery pack, e-motor, and power electronics applications, we invite you to develop with DuPont. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Shift, a podcast about mobility. I'm Pete Bigelow, your host. Hi, it's Leslie Allen. Hey there, it's Alexa St. John. Joining us on the podcast today is Jeff Miller, the Assistant Chief Engineer for Supercruise. He's going to give us the latest as General Motors plans to roll out the driver assist system across its lineup, more than 20 cars coming in the next two years. But first, before we talk about driver assist systems, Leslie and Alexa, as you both know, a lot of autonomous driving news this week. Uh, perhaps first and foremost, starting with uh, Waymo and Cruise, both uh, both making some announcements related to funding and lines of credit. Uh, Leslie, what what can you tell me about uh, what Cruise is up to? Well, it looks like Cruise has uh, managed to get his hands on a multi-year five billion dollar line of credit. Uh, with its finance arm, then this is going to help finance the purchase of the Origin vehicles uh, starting in 2023. You might remember that Origin vehicle, that sort of uh, red box looking um, robo taxi that they're planning to bring out. And so um, this is going to, according to Dan Ammon, who was the CEO of Cruise, this is going to take the company's total war chest to more than $10 billion as they look forward to commercialization. So some pretty big news on the finance front, at least for Cruise now. And Waymo, of course, has its own news going on. That's right, Leslie. It, uh, it seems like only yesterday that they raised their first round of $3 billion. It was, in fact, about 15 months ago. And, uh, and they're at it again. They added another $2.5 billion uh, to, their, to their war chest, as you called it. And uh, that's going to help them add staff primarily uh you know on the engineering and product development fronts to to kind of further their um operation and uh, you know i think there's a lot of hope that that's beyond the metro phoenix area where they're currently operating their waymo one ride hailing service uh but as their co-ceos told me last week it's it's going to be a, a gradual a steady but gradual kind of um, you know continuation, continuing to iterate on on the system and you know and deployment. So no imminent news on that front, but they have another two point five billion to to get where they want to go. But beyond the finance side of the industry, Alexa, I know that you wrote about some of the more operational developments. Big partnership between FedEx and Neuro. In Texas, what uh, what can you tell us? That's right. FedEx and Neuro are actually teaming up on what they say will be an autonomous multi-stop and appointment-based uh, delivery service in Houston, Texas. Um, and, you know, I think this really stems from this accelerating e-commerce trend that's really placing a lot of pressure on delivery and logistics companies to compete with companies like Amazon. And so FedEx is is looking to uh, expedite its deliveries, try a new technology with Neuro, uh, working on its uh, next generation autonomous delivery vehicle technology, actually. And uh, FedEx has actually 
been towing into this in in recent years. It's been working on developing its own delivery solutions via its same day bot. And Neuro has had a couple of different partnerships along these lines. Uh, They've partnered with Domino's Pizza for robotic pizza delivery, believe it or not. Uh, They've worked with Kroger for autonomous grocery delivery services. And they've also tested out uh, prescription deliveries with CVS Pharmacy, also in Houston. So both uh, partners in this collaboration seem to be pushing forward individually and now together, of course. And it's interesting because at the same time, also in Texas, uh, we heard that Refraction AI, a last mile delivery platform, is is debuting in Austin, Texas, and partnering with local restaurants uh, there with its delivery bot. So a little bit of movement, uh, particularly uh, down south. Makes you wonder why so much activity in Texas. I mean, you know what? It's a great thing that this is happening, but I'm wondering, is there something about Texas that is uh, drawing a lot of these um delivery companies and also self-driving experimentation that's going on. Do you have any insight on that? For sure, Leslie. I think it's a good observation. Uh, Texas is definitely a hotbed and the the state and its Economic Development Corporation uh, has made it a priority to be a hotbed. Uh, They have some of the more permissive laws in the country as as they relate to self-driving operations. So that, uh, I think that initially attracted a lot of companies for testing uh, like Refraction, like Neuro, kind of toward these these big cities that uh, that are obviously in Texas. Uh, but then you also have some of the, the nation's major freight corridors, like I-10 and I-35 and 45 going between Dallas and, and Houston and, and Austin. So we see a lot of these self-driving truck companies like Aurora, like Waymo, uh, really emphasizing their their operations down there from a uh, interstate trucking perspective. So Texas definitely is is a hotbed for autonomous uh, testing. Uh, but for now, what is on the road in a, a real world, you know, commercial scenario and way beyond testing is is Cadillac Super Cruise system. They uh, debuted it on the Cadillac CT6 in 2018, and now it is set to. Uh, you know, grow throughout the General Motors lineup. And here to tell us more about that expansion and the technical enhancements of the system is Jeff Miller, the Assistant Chief Engineer of Super Cruise. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, we were just talking beforehand that that you're working from home during the pandemic, and I'm curious you know, how, how has that kind of altered the course of progress on Super Cruise and uh, how has it affected your work? You know, it really hasn't affected or, or altered the course of Super Cruise other than my, my physical location for working. Um, great, thanks to all the great tools that we have out there, we've, for the large, most part, been able to, to accomplish all of our tasks just as efficiently, in some cases, more efficiently working from home. So yeah, a lot of big developments with Super Cruise. If uh, if I'm correct, within a matter of a month or two, it's going to roll out on the CT4, CT5, and Escalade. Uh, is that the short-term plan right now? Yeah. So one of the things that our customers wanted is they wanted more vehicle availability. So we're going to give it to them. We're going to roll Super Cruise out in a big way. As you're aware, we launched Super Cruise on the Model Year 18 uh, Cadillac CT6. That vehicle has since gone out of production here in North America. However, we just launched earlier this year um, an enhanced version of Super Cruise on the Model Year 21 Escalade, the CT4, CT5, 
Um, we will roll that out to the V series as well. And then uh, we just recently launched the Model Year 22, both EUV with Super Cruise. So we're committed to launching Super Cruise on 22 new models through calendar 23. Um, that's going to entail quite a few different vehicles. Um, I think our customers are really going to be happy with what we have to offer. Clearly, you're going to be keeping uh, very busy over the next uh, couple of years or so. What Can you talk about that inflection point where, you know, you all kind of just look at each other and say, you know, we're ready to roll this out across the lineup? Yeah, well, we've learned from the initial launch on the, the Cadillac CT6. And like I said, we've just launched three new versions on Cadillac or new new vehicles on, on Cadillac. And, you know, what we're finding is um, a lot of the stuff that we're, we're changing here is just fine tuning for the vehicle. But um, what we're really hoping for, and we're keeping our fingers crossed, is we're able to launch with excellence across all of these vehicles, and that it's very easy to do um, once we get through that initial launch with the you know with the current hardware set, software set, etc. Um, that we can carry over or port that over to to newer vehicles um, fairly simply. You mentioned hardware just now. Is the sensor configuration the same from model to model, or are there differences in the hardware you need for you know a Chevy sedan versus a Cadillac Escalade? There are some minor differences between vehicles. Um, based on vehicle size, we may have additional radars to to make sure that we have a complete 360 view around the, the vehicle. Um, from generation to generation, we will improve um, hardware. We, we did so um, in moving from the CT6 to this new enhanced version of Super Cruise. We added some additional radars in the rear to support our, our lane change on demand feature. Um, and, and that was essentially so that we could see vehicles coming from the rear um, to, to make a decision on, on whether we can um, change lanes to the left or, or back to the right and to make sure that nobody's approaching from the rear. I was just going to ask you about uh, the lane change capability that that has been added. Is that what enhanced Super Cruise encompasses? Is that like the key enhancement? And um, what had to change from a radar? Is it just adding those units in the back? And did you have greater um, radar capabilities or more specific needs as well to make that happen? Now, lane change on demand is one of the more significant enhancements that we've made for this enhanced version of Super Cruise uh, for model year 21. Um, essentially, what, what we've done here is we've added a few radars. Now, that, that whole hardware set has been turned over and we've, we've made some improvements, enhancements. So it's not the same hardware set as the first generation. We've made improvements, uh, but we did add additional radars to support the lane change on demand feature specifically. Does that mean then that... Uh... You know, if, if I was theoretically a original CT6 owner, that, that there's no over-the-air update capability to, to go back and give people with the original system, they would not, not have an OTA-enabled uh, uh, lane change capability now because it's more than software. It's the, the addition of those, those radars. Yeah, unfortunately, when it comes to hardware additions to the vehicle, that's very hard to do in the field. So unfortunately, all of these enhancements that we've, that we've talked about and announced for the enhanced version of Super Cruise would not be applicable to go to go back to the, the CT6. Is there anything that you can do via OTA? Are you experimenting with that broadly in, in any way now, whether it's for the newer vehicles coming or, or upgrading certain things for, for the older vehicles? Actually, we're utilizing OTA today for map updates. So we're updating the maps um, to the vehicle through OTA. Um, we're doing that on a, roughly a quarterly cadence. Some, I think we're actually moving to almost a monthly cadence now for map updates. So another thing that, that was 
um, significantly changed going from the CT6 to this new enhanced version of, of Super Cruise. A key enabler there was the VIP uh, vehicle intelligence platform. This is our all new, you can call it electrical architecture. Um, in computer language, this new VIP architecture has much more throughput capability and bandwidth. Um, this afforded us the ability to tweak and improve Super Cruise to continue to add features, software algorithms like lane change on demand. Since we have that additional throughput capability, we can continue to enhance the feature on, the, on that electrical architecture. So with the vehicle intelligence platform, uh, do all the cars that have Super Cruise aboard have that updated architecture to underpin the new processing power? The Model 21 Escalade, um, the Cadillac Escalade, the CT4, CT5 are based on that, that VIP architecture. That's interesting. Uh, you know, it's just kind of big picture how, you know, you're not just augmenting a driver assist system of software. It really kind of gets to how the core of the vehicle is designed too. That's right. Yeah, we're expanding the feature. We've been expanding the feature and, and really that has to mesh with with what the vehicle has in mind too, right? Because we have this vehicle uh, that's going to continue to improve to add new features and you're lumping, you know, in another technology, which is Super Cruise and meshing that into the vehicle. So everything has to be aligned in order for, for all of that to work. Jeff, you mentioned uh, the mapping aspect uh, a moment ago. Can you kind of like elaborate on how those maps are made? I think it's pretty interesting. I believe you like you use LiDAR to, to build those maps and and are those maps enhanced in any way with the, the newer version of Super Cruise or, or in, you know, more modern iterations than what you first started with? Yeah, one of the common questions that I get is people think that uh, there's actually LiDAR in the vehicle. There's not. We don't have LiDAR sensors in the vehicle. LiDAR is very expensive. Um, to add that to, to the vehicle would drastically increase the cost. So what we've done for Super Cruise is we're working with a supplier to to go map roads that, that we want Supercruise to operate on. And they're using LIDAR in those test vehicles to go map. So it's a LIDAR-based map that they're creating, and that map is then stored on the vehicle. Could you ever envision a day if those LIDAR costs came down where you would want to incorporate LIDAR into the, the sensing configuration that's used aboard the vehicles now? We're always looking for opportunities to provide the greatest benefit to our customer. Um, but at this point, I, I wouldn't want to speculate. Can you get, give some, I guess, insight into, you know, how many roads drivers can utilize uh, Super Cruise on now and what's sort of the pace uh, that you're adding uh, new roads? Absolutely. So when we initially launched Super Cruise on the Model 18 Cadillac CT6, we started with about 130,000 miles of what we call limited access divided highways. Um, in the middle of 2019, we expanded to divided highways that may have at-grade crossings. So there, there may be flashing yellow lights. In some scenarios, there may be uh, railroad crossings. Um, so that was an additional 70,000 miles that we had mapped and added to the, the, the overall map, bringing us up to about 200,000 miles of super cruise capable roads from the middle of 19, um, calendar 19, through what we're uh, producing today. Jeff, I'm curious, uh, take, take a step back for a moment. How did you start your career at General Motors? And, you know, did you envision kind of working on this sort of system, on this sort of technology, uh, I think it was about 13 years ago, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I started, I started with the company about 13 years ago. And when I initially started, I was kind of a high horsepower nut. Um, I think one of the reasons why I landed the job is because of the 
the vehicles that I had worked on previously. Um, in my personal life, I worked on a 98 Trans Am and a 2002 Camaro um, doing engine swaps and exhaust and whatnot. So that actually landed me a job at General Motors when I graduated in 2007 in the high performance vehicle operations um, department. So I've worked on everything from high performance stuff to electrified vehicles, but I never thought I would move into the automated technology um, space. But since I've worked in this space for about two and a half years now, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fabulous space to work in. It's cutting technology. It's, it's evolving very quickly. Um, and we're moving at a very quick pace. So what has been, I guess, your favorite role out of uh, all of that, you know, having covered a lot of different ground there throughout your career? Oh, geez, I don't think I would have a favorite. They, they all have pluses and minuses, but I've enjoyed every assignment that I've had. Like I said, most of, or actually all of the positions that I've had have been at the cutting, cutting edge of technology. So I think that's, that's my favorite aspect of, of working here at General Motors is there's many things that you can work on and everything is at the cutting edge of technology. Uh, a big picture question for you, Jeff. What in your mind differentiates SuperCruise from competitors' driver assist systems? What, what stands out uh, in your mind as, as the key differentiators? Yeah, so SuperCruise was developed around two key advanced technologies, the, the LiDAR mapping or the LiDAR-based LIDAR mapping, as well as the driver attention system. Um, so that is really what makes us stand out in addition to real-time cameras, sensors, and precision GPS. Um, you know, when we initially started developing SuperCruise, we wanted to provide the greatest benefit to our customers. And we believe through those things that I just mentioned, LiDAR mapping, the driver attention system, real-time cameras, sensors, and precision GPS, we've accomplished that. Uh, maybe another big picture question for you, but do you think consumers really understand the difference between a driver assist system and a self-driving one? And, you know, I guess with that, are the levels of automation a good way to communicate uh, different capabilities to customers? I think generically speaking, the levels kind of give you an indication of, of the capability, but it doesn't give you an exact um, indication of what, what the system is capable of. So, when I talk about SuperCruise, I don't like to, to talk about levels because there are many level two systems out there. And technically, SuperCruise is a level two system. Um, but when you start comparing it to other systems, uh, you know, what really makes SuperCruise stand out, it is, it is truly, you know, a hands-free technology um, that's enabled on the highway and it's full speed range. There's no other system out there today that can do what SuperCruise does. Yeah, it's interesting that to your point, Jeff, I think that. Um, you get a general idea, but there's uh, a lot of different variety within level two. Uh, and that's kind of why I think automakers and suppliers and others across the industry, we, we hear this like level two plus terminology. And it, I think what it really does is confer that there's, there's a lot of different things that, that are going on that could be on within level two itself. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of people that like to use terms like automated and autonomous. I don't like to use those terms either because um, it could be false advertising, and it really doesn't give you an indication of what the system is capable of doing. You know, Super Cruise was developed around a driver attention system. Um, it is a driver assistance technology or feature, and we utilize that driver attention system to ensure that the customer is still engaged. So while Super Cruise may take over um, on Super Cruise capable roads, it may take over steering and, and braking and maintaining a gap, the, the driver is still engaged and is um, you know, being monitored through the driver attention system to make, to make sure that they are paying attention in the event that they do need to take control, they're paying attention so that they can take over quickly. Was there a key point where 
General Motors in general, or you in particular, um, really realized that that driver monitoring system or driver attention system was was kind of like crucial to to making this whole thing happen? Yeah, when we initially started developing Super Cruise, that was at the top of the list. We absolutely needed it. It was one of the key advanced technologies that we wanted, again, to to give the greatest benefit to our customers and to make sure that that Super Cruise operates flawlessly and safely. We know there's quite a few uh, new standards in Europe, uh, a lot of talk in Washington as well, and and generally agreement uh, on a new industry trade group standard on driver monitoring. What sort of characteristics um, you know, create a good driver monitoring system or what, what does that really look like? I haven't followed all the regulations, so I, I can't speak to where they're going or, or the thought process um, to creating those. But um, you know, what we try to do is um, with the driver attention system, we, we're trying to calculate where the driver is looking. So we've made some significant improvements to the driver attention system most recently on the enhanced version of Super Cruise. Um, to to be better in sun or sun glare performance, as well as tracking eye gaze as opposed to head position alone. Um, so those two things have really driven the, the driver attention system to be um, um, better. I'll say a better fit for Super Cruise. Um, it kind of eliminates some of those false escalations that that folks may have e- experienced with uh, the Cadillac CT6 and some of the the sun glare issues. Um, so I think those are the two big improvements that we've made over the past several years to continue to evolve that technology. We'll be back to our conversation with Jeff Miller right after this. Thermal management, durability, light weighting, acoustics, connectivity, and cost. These factors are crucial for driver and passenger safety, increased vehicle range, improved handling, and overall consumer satisfaction when considering a hybrid or electric vehicle purchase. DuPont provides solutions that address these key benefits. Plastics that demonstrate chemical resistance and high temperature performance inherently necessary in batteries and e-motors with design flexibility for simplified processing of complex parts. Adhesives for battery assembly and body structure applications that improve thermal management, reduce the number of components to find cost efficiencies, enable durability and crashworthiness, and that enhance vehicle acoustics, range, and long service life. DuPont is a global automotive supplier with manufacturing, technical support, sales, and marketing locations worldwide. With innovation in R&D centers around the world, including three global auto electrification centers of excellence dedicated to development and testing of EV technology, DuPont is at the forefront of application development, testing, and validation of solutions that positively impact mobility for today and tomorrow. We are committed to driving EV technology forward. Collaboration is essential to success. For battery pack, e-motor, and power electronics applications, we invite you to develop with DuPont. Visit us at dupont.com forward slash mobility. Back to our conversation with Jeff Miller of Supercruise. And, you know, we've also heard about research related to detecting cognitive workload um, while driving. Do you see that as the future? Uh, it depends on what your, your definition of cognitive workload. I mean, we want the folks that are driving and utilizing Supercruise to be paying attention um, so we, we create, you know, a window in which, um, we consider on road. Um, obviously you need to allow people or the driver to be able to look at the gauges and turn the radio, et cetera, but we don't want them staring at their lap, texting their friends or answering emails. So, um, you know, we have timers built in to where you have enough time to go change radio, the radio station or to dial in your, your AC or your heat. Um, but that driver attention system and our escalation process through the light bar, the haptic seat, 
the audible alerts, you know, if the driver's not paying attention, we'll utilize those things to, to get their attention back on the road. It's been interesting in reading some of that cognitive workload and research um, and maybe, maybe along similar but separate lines. There's an interesting study just uh, released earlier this month from MIT about super crews in particular. You know, in a nutshell, they found that drivers were not turning on the system and, and monitoring it and then turning it off as they reached the end of the uh, operational design domain. But, but it was interesting that there's this kind of collaboration that goes on uh, as drivers are using it and they're, you know, you know they want to speed up at certain times. So they, they augment the performance. I'm wondering if, if you have any perspective on that study in particular or, or more generally, what have you learned about how, how drivers are, are using super crews in the real world? Yeah, I haven't read that, that MIT study from front to back yet, something that I'd like to do here in the next week or so. But I did read the highlights. So what I've taken out of that is that they're, they mainly studied the transfer of control and what may um, drive you from level two down to a level one or a level zero system and, and why those transitions occur. And one of the interesting findings that that aligns with how we've des- we've developed supercruise is that um, you know, super cruises working as intended, you know, what they were finding is most of those transfers of control, they were not system initiated. Um, rather, it was the driver initiating the transfer of control because they, they wanted the vehicle to do something different, like changing lanes. Um, that, that's expected um, out of the, the CT6 that they use because that does not have lane change on demand. What would be interesting is to run that study. Now that you have the baseline, run that study again, with the new Cadillac Escalade or CT4, CT5 that has lane change on demand um, and to, to see the difference because um, with lane change on demand, all you have to do is hit that turn signal stock and the system will scan surroundings, look for an opening. And once there's an opening, it will begin changing lanes for you. So that would eliminate, I, th- I think, a significant a portion, uh, portion of those overrides um, simply by having lane change on demand. And We've announced automatic lane change for the upcoming model year 22 um, GMC Hummer EV. Um, that's another significant feature that would impact this study. With auto lane change, um, it's different than lane change on demand because lane change on demand is driver initiated through the turn so- signal stock. With auto lane change, it's system initiated. So it's looking for opportunities um, to change lanes. If, for example, there's a vehicle ahead of you that's going slower than your set speed, you may not notice it if it's a couple mile per hour speed difference, um, but the system will be watching now. And if it sees that opportunity, um, it will take the lane change and, and move around that slower traffic. Do you have any sort of gauge or you know metric on how long it takes for a driver that's kind of new to using the system to start trusting it? It's actually very quick. Uh, so it's a pretty quick uh, for me, when I first started in the Supercruise team, I was, you know, just like anybody with a new technology, you're hesitant. But I'd say within 15, 20 minutes, um, I kind of got a feel for the system and it was able to build confidence. I noticed the same with my wife. You know, when I when I first got my wife into a Supercruise vehicle, she was driving almost with her hands hovering above the wheel, the steering wheel, ready to take control. And I was able to witness her relax after about, you know, that 15, 20 minute um, time frame. So it, it, it's uh, it's very quick. Uh, very intuitive um, to learn the system. Um, it does, in, you know, inspire confidence, and you do get a good feel for for how the system performs and and what to expect very quickly. That brings up an interesting point, like what it's like to actually use Super Cruise. Um, and something that really resonated with me or, or took me by surprise, and I guess I don't think this would change from iteration to iteration necessarily, but it's probably been 
more than a year since I was in a CT6. Uh, but, you know, doing my normal commute in Southeast Michigan from Detroit, uh, you know, westward, just how relaxed uh, I, f- I felt by the time I would get home. Uh, I, you know, I, I'd still be full of energy and not kind of tired from the commutes. Uh, and that really, uh, you know, struck me as maybe not so much how much the system was working, but does that mean how I was doing a ton of work that made me tired and, and you know, level zero driving? Is that what you kind of notice too or feedback that you get? Exactly. I mean, when you first get into a super cruise vehicle, the first thing is it, it feels kind of awkward. You're like, what do I do with my hands? And not only what do I do with my hands, what do I do with my feet? Because your your feet aren't on the, on the pedals either. But that that's what super cruise does is it, it uh, you know, it, when you're utilizing super cruise, it's taking over some of the tasks that are, tend to be more monotonous. Um, you know, the, the constant lane centering, you know, keeping your eyes on the lanes and, and, and making sure that you're centered between the lane lines, um, slowing down when there's somebody ahead of you. Um, and now lane change, um, you know, those are, those are the more repetitive tasks that tend to be, um, tiring or tiresome. Um, and when you, when you get into super cruise, especially on long drives, um, just having super cruise there to take over some of those tasks, even though you're still paying attention to the road, um, can, can result in a much more relaxed, um, drive. Jeff, to, to, to jump back in and, uh, to follow up on, a question about the lane change on demand versus the coming automated lane change. Like what's the technical leap to make, to make it go from driver initiated to system initiated? It's, it's all software. I mean, as you start to look at some of these new technologies, once you have the hardware in place, um, much of it is developing the software and that, that can tend to, to take time. You need the expertise and we certainly have the talent. It's just, um, you know, working on these these new features and, and getting the talent to uh, um, to support it. You uh, you told us a little bit about your General Motors career before. Uh, are you from Michigan? Did you did you kind of grow up a a car guy? And is that how you kind of went down that career path before before you got to uh, General Motors itself? I did grow up a car guy, but I did not grow up in in Michigan. I ac- actually originally grew up in Minnesota. Um, and went to college at Michigan Tech uh, for a bachelor's in mechanical engineering. Um, and that's, that's really what brought me to the auto industry is one, I was a car guy. And two, I chose Michigan Tech because I knew the big three pulled heavily out of Michigan Tech. Um, so, so through my course of study, I was able to launch a, a job here at General Motors and have been able to work on some great technologies here. I mean, given given your background, I'm just curious, like what you make of all of the different uh, trends in in mobility right now. I mean, maybe that's just an obvious or silly question, but I always like to ask the experts, what do you make of all of the noise and, and movement going on? I mean, it's interesting. There's always going to be noise, um, but at the end of the day, you, you don't want to focus too heavily on one technology because not all customers are going to want one technology, right? You you kind of need um, to to span. Uh, multiple technology, just like we're doing with, with electric vehicles, you know, we're, we're moving heavily into electrified space, but we're not giving up on ice, ice vehicles yet. Um, but we're going to continue to push these types of features. Um, we've got a lot in the works and stay tuned for some future announcements. Maybe another question about technology and technologies in general, I'm thinking of automated driving. Do you view a driver assist system like Super Cruise is a stepping stone to a, a fully autonomous system, or is it not a stepping stone? And these are two different things where, um, you know, one has a human 
that's involved in the driving loop and, and one does not? Um, I wouldn't say it's a, a stepping stone per se. I mean, obviously we'll, we'll apply these learnings and, you know, the hardware iterations to, to future technology, but the, I think this type of technology is, is here to stay. Um, the level two, you know, driver type assistance features, they're here to stay. And obviously we'll continue to improve and enhance them um, going forward in the future, but nothing to announce today. Anything we've not covered yet, Jeff? Anything you want to uh, to leave us with, uh, whether specifically about Super Cruise or, or more big picture? I guess to to expand on the the automated um, future, you know, our ultimate vision is a system that will enable hands free transportation in ninety five percent of all driving scenarios. So that's the ultimate goal. Um, you know, I, I can't speak to timing or you know naming of the of the system um, that may be able to accomplish that, but that that's our ultimate goal, and that's that's what we're thriving driving towards here at General Motors. If, if 95% is the goal, do you have like a ballpark idea of, um, you know, what percentage of, of trips Super Cruise is enabled on now? I don't actually, I don't have that data available to me. Jeff, anything that has been like a big influence on your, your career or your kind of mindset overall, be it something that you've read or a particular person that, uh, that you would want to kind of flag and highlight for us? Yeah, working at General Motors, I mean, we have a lot of employees. And the, the one great thing about working here is the leadership, you know, that we have a lot of great leaders. And because there's so many, you know, folks that, that work at General Motors, you're not stuck with, with trying to be mentored by one specific leader. You know, there's, there are many leaders that pour into you that kind of make you who you are and, you can leverage each of those those leaders to to sharpen your skills, so to speak. Um, so you know you can you can target a leader in, in different spaces to try to you know sharpen skills. But I, I no one specific leader that that uh, stands out in my mind. But through the course of my thirteen years, you know I've I've had a, at least a leader in two, or two in each one of those jobs that has really inspired me to to continue to to push. Um, technology and um, to do it with confidence. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's great to uh, great to have you. Thanks for having me. Pretty interesting conversation there with uh, Jeff Miller from Super Cruise. I haven't had the opportunity to drive a vehicle with Super Cruise GM. If you're listening, well, anyway, Pete, I wanted to know how your experience went when you drove a Super Cruise equipped vehicle. You know, it was really eye-opening, Leslie. I think that it was is by far and away the most advanced driver system that I had, uh, you know, had the chance to drive. This was about a year ago, I should say. So, or I guess pre-pandemic. So it's been a little bit longer than a year. But, you know, on one hand, it was interesting that I could see traffic kind of a quarter mile down the road, kind of coming to a standstill. And, uh, you know, waiting to see when the system was going to recognize it. That was one of those times where I, you know, just intervened to to start the process of slowing down earlier. And I think that was just very naturally where the system was at. But the thing, and I, I mentioned this to Jeff, that really struck me was, you know, after an hour long commute and using Super Cruise for maybe, I don't know, 30, 40% of that, just how relaxed I felt when I got home. Like it was not at all the feeling of being tired in the car. It was, uh, I, I really kind of got back home and, and felt relaxed and refreshed and could dive right back into the, uh, 
whatever was going on that night, be it cooking dinner or, or saying hi to the kids or whatever. Uh, I did not have that, that sluggish feeling where I needed to take a, uh, wanted to take a nap after the commute. So apparently we do a lot of, uh, you know, more work driving than, than we actually know. So uh, I definitely think it's, it's worth checking out uh, for anyone listening. But that is it for our, our episode today. Thank you to Jeff again for joining us. Big thanks to our producer, Eric Jones. And we will be back next week.